This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. From the After Nine Podcast Studios, this is the award winning After Nine with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Happy motherfucking Friday! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another fabulous... I shouldn't say it's fabulous. We haven't done it yet. Welcome to what we anticipate will be a great episode of After 9. It's Friday, and as always, Dave Blazar joins us. Dave, how are you? I am swell. How are all of you? Good. Are you on the road? I know you're busy with boss shit. Yeah, I'm a road. I'm a roadie today. Yeah, I'm uh, coming to you from the thriving metropolis of Barrie, Ontario, Ooh. working out of a hotel. Ah, lovely. Uh, we have so much to get to in this episode of After Nine. We're gonna play a little bit of the Instagram live yesterday from Jason Alexander as he crashed Britney Spears's wedding. Now, not the Jason Alexander, a uh, Jason Alexander, <laughs> the one that she married in Vegas. Mm, it would have been so much better if it was that Jason Alexander, though, right? I thought the exact same thing. We were in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Brittany! Brittany! Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been great. First off, it's funny because depending on your leanings, maybe you do, maybe you don't believe that there's a problem in our airports. There are some people listening that are saying, ah, oh, you know what? That's bullshit. It's all fabricated to try and make Justin Trudeau look bad. The airports aren't bad. Well, holy crap. The Greater Toronto Airports Authority has published the May numbers, and they're pretty bad. Nearly half a million passengers were held up arriving aboard international flights at Pearson in the month of May. 491,000 travelers, or about half of all arrivals from abroad, faced delays as they were held inside their planes on the tarmac or faced staggered offloading to ease pressure on overflowing customs areas. Yeah, I've been, I was there. I was involved in this. Oh, that's right, because you went thing. to New York. Yeah, and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, getting to the airport, they tell you three hours early. So I said, okay, three hours early, fine. It was a 9, 10 a.m. flight. I got there just before 6. And they... Uh, ushered all of us over into like a holding area, kind of like way down at like gate 15, very, very end. And they said, uh, you guys hang out here and then we'll bring you in when it's time for you to, to go into, to uh, go through security and everything. So they basically said anyone with a flight after 9 a.m., you stay out. And then they waited and waited and waited and then brought us into, they told us it's time to go to security. We go and the lineup is, is longer than uh, Justin Bieber pop-up shop in Toronto. Like it's insane to try to get through security. And then they're asking, uh, do you have a flight to LaGuardia at nine ten? I said, yeah, they're like, okay, come with me. And they're like rushing me through security. I'm like, why are you rushing me here? I've been here for three hours. Mm-hmm. So we, we get up to um, uh, security. They kind of try to get you through there as fast as they can. And then there's customs and the lineup at customs was the longest line I have ever been in at the airport in my entire life. I thought I was going to miss my flight. And every kiosk was open. Like it wasn't like they were short staffed and there was only two people. Like every one of them was open. But we were like everybody standing there going, we're going to miss our flights. If you don't get our asses through here, we're going to miss the flight. So I, I ended up running after going through customs again, being there three hours early. I've got to now run to my gate and I made it there like two minutes before they were going to close the doors. That's unbelievable. Wow. That's, that's not- on the way. That's on the. Sorry. There's somebody at the door here. There's uh, that. Uh, we're good. Do you need Thanks. to get that? <laughs> <laughs> Room service. So now you know Dave travels with his dogs. Yeah, my dogs are here with me today. So, um, uh, And then on the way back, uh, flight was delayed twice. Uh, we got a notice at like midnight the night before saying that um, hey, for, it's going to be bumped back half an hour. We're like, okay, cool. We get to the airport. Another notice comes in and says they're bumped back another half hour. Okay, no problem. So uh, that happens even in the best of times. So we're not too worried about that. And then um, we get onto the plane on time and we sat on the tarmac for four hours. Wow. Because, because of the storm in Toronto. So we couldn't fly back because they wouldn't allow us into the airspace. So I sat on the tarmac at 33 degrees outside 
sitting there with a beautiful sunny day, not able to get off the plane. Um, and we sat there for four hours. I fell asleep on the plane for an hour and a half, woke up and we were in the same spot. And I was, I thought I was drunk. I thought it was a dream. I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, why am I still in the same spot? I feel pretty rested after that. But yeah, we ended up there stuck and I was supposed to be back in Toronto at, uh, uh originally 11 5 AM. I got back at about 10 to seven at night. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, back to the, the GTAA's release from yesterday. In May 2019, we'll compare it to pre-pandemic because it's not fair during the pandemic. So pre-pandemic, May 2019, there were four planes totaling a few hundred passengers that were delayed on the tarmac. Four planes. May yep. 2022, 2,700 planes. What an increase. It's insane. It's insane. They say hurdles range from airport staffing shortages to COVID-19 health measures, and they threaten to further clog terminals. In other words, it's going to get worse because peak travel season is still several weeks away. Well, there you got something to look forward to if you're traveling. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I don't think Pearson was all that efficient to begin with. And when you add in all this shit, it just makes it 10 times worse. There's other airports that are just as big and just as busy as Pearson that work great. The Orlando Airport, the Atlanta Airport, the Detroit Airport, never a problem there. Toronto always seems to have issues. Is it like a lack of needing to care or feeling like you need to care when you're in charge of that airport? Like, this is your only way. This is your, or you feel as though it's your only option, unless you're willing or able to take the to take a flight from a smaller airport, like Waterloo, for example. I've already decided I'm not going anywhere unless it leaves from Waterloo. I'm not going to Pearson anymore. What I'm about, done. What about Hamilton, though? Hamilton's oh, got Ham- a great airport. No, that's what I mean. Like, Hamilton, so it's the smaller airports are fine. Yeah, why don't you fly to Hamilton from Waterloo? Yeah. What- <laughs> <laughs> I'd be still waiting, apparently, three hours just to hop on board a flight there, too. Like, it scares <laughs> me. I'm traveling in a couple months on a plane, and that scares me with two little kids. Like, shoot me. That sounds terrible. With two kids. Yeah. Oh, of my course. God. Yeah. I can't leave them at home. It's like illegal and stuff. I'm thinking probably in the next few weeks they're going to drop the mandates. There's intense pressure on the government to drop the travel mandates, and I kind of think they're going to do it. In fact, today, Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden are having a meeting down in L.A., and that's likely going to be discussed. When are we going to drop the mandates? Because it's leading to pretty big issues. So when something happens on that front, we'll let you know. As of tomorrow, though, I'm working on a Joe Biden impression for you. Oh, all right, good. Because you trying used- to get fantastic. I'm trying to get better. At it. Let's go. Dave could do all the presidents, but nothing for Biden. That was frustrating. Yeah, but Biden's a weird one. Yes, uh, so he is. I'm trying to. It's just keep forgetting what, what you want to say. <laughs> Well, so I'm thinking of it in the terms that he lists things. Uh-huh. He's very, he very often puts things in lists. So he's like, number one, we got to get this under control. Number two, that's what we got to do. <laughs> and he never, this number two is never, it's never a new thing. It's just repeating number one in a different, <laughs> come on, come on. It's simple people. Like I'm, I don't have the voice down, but I, but the cadence I'm working on. Oh, I, I'm very curious to hear the end result. So out of nowhere, yes. Come on. <laughs> Out of nowhere yesterday, because I did not know this was coming. I don't even know if you knew, Kat, but Britney Spears got married yesterday. Yeah, it was really, we got a really short notice, I should say. If you paid attention, if you pay attention to those kind of entertainment sites, then you'll know. Like, hey, it's today. Holy shit, it's today. And the reason why people were alerted to it was when trucks pull up to the her mansion. And that's where she got married in Thousand Oaks, California. So trucks were pulling up to her mansion. Very wedding venue-esque or questionable trucks and vans approaching and being able to go in. You knew something was up. And so, yes. They uh, confirmed, yeah, there's a wedding happening today. So very exciting. That's great. Um, is this just a sign of the economy that even Britney Spears has to get married off, on a Thursday? <laughs> a, a Thursday. B, at home. Like, yeah, fuck a venue. Like, I'm just going to do it at home. Though She has plenty of space. Obviously, she has plenty of money. But so we're learning about the guest list. And it's like, oh, awesome. Like all kinds of people. Selena Gomez to Madonna. And it, it, great. You know what happened? So then at the same time that we're learning the wedding is happening. I think Jason Alexander did. Not the one from Seinfeld. Thank you. Jason Alexander, if you need a refresher, is the guy, her her childhood friend, he'd say childhood sweetheart, whom she did marry while drunk in Vegas in 2004. This is the wedding that was annulled 55 hours later when Lynn Spears, her mom, 
flew there real quick and said, sign this shit right now. You're annulling this. So Jason Alexander is kind of cuckoo. And he was on with Fox News like a few months ago and talking all this conspiracy theory about Britney. You can tell he doesn't actually talk to Britney. So what does he do? He goes on Instagram Live and he crashes the wedding. And I mean, he goes through the desert. He starts off like at the back of her house, basically middle of like nowhere and knows his figures out a way to get in, not just get onto the property inside the house, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Here's a little bit of his Instagram uh, Instagram live video from yesterday. Jeff Louise. Hey, where's Brittany at? Jeff Louise. Hey, tell me the truth. Where's Brittany at? Jeff Louise. Brittany, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany gotta have a gun. No. Hey, Brittany. Get out, bro. No, get out. Get out. Don't put your hands on get me. Get I'm Jackson Alexander. First husband. Oh, I'm here to crash the wedding, bro. <laughs> now nah, my name's Jason Alexander. Uh, Brittany invited me here. Brittany Spears invited me here. She's my first wife, my only wife. I'm her first husband. I'm here to crash the wedding because nobody's here but Sam. Come here, Kane. That's where they took him down, I assume. That's it, and that's where it ends. I love how he says, "I'm Jason Alexander." Like the security was supposed to know what the yeah. fuck that Wait, means. Her, 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 her ex-husband. I was her husband. Her only, her first husband. <laughs> like, you're an idiot. And if you're only married you know, for no. less than three days, can you honestly say I'm her husband? I don't think you can. That was annulled and you were married for less than three days. That's your claim to fame, though. That's all you have, clearly, Jason. Yeah. That's all you have. Can, you, it's in your I bio. Just, and, yeah, let me just say this. I hate all of this. This yeah. whole thing yeah. is just so annoying. First of all, this guy's a dickhead. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an insult that doesn't get used enough, but this guy is a complete dickhead. Uh, and secondly, who the hell is following him that they saw what he was doing on Instagram Live? Who's following this guy and why? Ask yourself that. Good question. Who's following him on Instagram to even notice that this was happening? Um, I'm going to question security here. If you're there to guard Britney Spears's wedding and you have to have been warned in advance, the paparazzi is going to try and get in. There's going to be all kinds of people that are going to want to take pictures. No, no pictures. No, people are probably signing NDAs and all sorts of shit. How did this guy manage to talk himself into the house? Like he actually got in the house. He didn't really talk himself into it. He figured out a way around it. And there's people sitting down on chairs, right? There's people sitting around. You see them kind of in the background of his Instagram video. And then he books it. So he gets onto the property. There's a door. It looks to me like it's like a side door, garage door, like something like that. And he guns for it, like just goes for it, gets in the house, goes through a back door. It looked like a mudroom area or something like that. I don't even think he knew his way around because he kind of just ran up the stairs randomly. But you know what he did is he ended up getting into the actual venue, which was like a beautiful setup, by the way, like flowers at the front. It was gorgeous. He ended up getting right into that room. And that's kind of where he got caught because people went, who the hell are you? But he ended up inside the house. It's crazy. Or maybe it was a guest house, actually. I can't even be sure if it was the main house, a guest house. I'm sure it's a very big property. But he managed to get inside. It's it's nuts. Is there really... Wait, with all the time that you've spent at uh, Brittany's house, Cat, uh, uh, you didn't know which place it was? Yeah, it's too weird. hard. There's too many houses. It's too many. <laughs> too many houses. So what do you do with this guy who broke into her property and tried to crash her wedding? This guy is obviously just totally out there they were married there is some history what do you do do you do you press charges do you get a restraining order or do you just let sam loose on him for a little bit because i have a feeling that would solve the problem he's a no fucking around kind of guy too yeah i wonder what's okay so for, here's something that's interesting though is so he was at, he was wanted there's a warrant out for his arrest in another jurisdiction so they immediately arrested him for that but they didn't actually charge him for trespassing yet isn't that nuts? There's but charges coming. They will. There has to be. Well, first of all, I'm sure if you're the bride in any occasion, in any occasion, Britney Spears or not Britney Spears, if you're the bride or groom, whatever it is, in any occasion, you do your best to not tell them something like that happened, right? I mean, they're going to find out. But if it was your wedding day, Scott, mm-hmm. this is fun to talk about. So you're getting married again. Okay, and you, someone use tra- air quotes, <laughs> say hypothetical, cover all the bases here. When I don't know if my girlfriend's real. <laughs> What? I heard a real underlying smile in that cat. Yeah, that was exciting yeah, to think she about. Because I bug him all the time. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's say your big day is here, okay? And Dave and I, let's just use Dave and I as an example. We notice some shit going down. And maybe it's a crazy ex-girlfriend of yours that tries to get in. 
if there's a way that there's we could, a long list. Yeah. So one of them, one of them manages to get in and, and we figure that we solve the issue, right? We get her out of there. I'm not telling you. Are you, Dave? Like, I'm doing everything I can to not ruin your big day. I'm not going to tell you that crazy tried to enter the venue or anything like that. So I'm wondering if she even knew the entire time during the actual ceremony. And after the fact, is she going to press charges? Sam Asgari is going to make her. He's going to be like, yeah, first order of business as a married couple. We're charging that lunatic. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Sam is... Um I, I he seems very passive. And, and the reason I say that is because he has to deal with a lot of shit. It cannot be easy being married to Britney Spears. She's a sex symbol for all kinds of guys and, and, and girls, too, I suppose. And and she keeps posting all these completely naked photos on Instagram. And I really don't know how much influence he has in this relationship. He seems to just sort of be OK with all this stuff. He seems like a kind of go with the flow kind of guy until you cross him. I have a feeling that if ex-husband shows up at their wedding, he's going to have some issues with that. And, and that's probably where the uh, that's why I said they should just let him loose. You know what? He's probably been coached. I would imagine that the team has said, like, we're the ones to deal with this stuff. Don't get yourself into trouble. Let us handle it. So he's you're I think you're par- partially right when you say he's probably a little bit passive, but it's it's also probably because he's been coached to do it. Yeah, that's possible, too. He was with her during the conservatorship, and he's been the only one with her since the conservatorship was lifted. So I don't know what the next step is, but either way, that's messed up if you can get on to Britney's property like that. I would think that security probably has some explaining to do, too. And who the fuck goes through the desert and a forest and probably crossed a river and all sorts of shit just to try and get to their ex's wedding and crash it? Like, what was he going to do? Unless this is some sort of elaborate promo for Wedding Crashers 2, then I think this whole thing is fucking messed up. (laughs) The shittiest cast of all time. (laughs) Yeah, really. Starring Jason Alexander. Disappointing. Not that Jason Alexander in brackets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You went from Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson to that Jason Alexander. (laughs) The other Jason Alexander. Wedding Crashers 2. Coming to a DVD bin in yeah, Walmart exactly. in two weeks. Exactly. Uh, this is an interesting one. Yesterday, Pennsylvania, at the M&M's factory, two workers fell in a vat of chocolate and couldn't get out. I mean, that's a fantasy for some people, is it not? Did someone get pushed in? That's a, Were they fighting and they pulled two. each other in? Not one. Two, two. people. So either something broke... Like I picture, okay, this is what I picture. I picture a giant tub of delicious melty chocolate. Mm -hmm. And then I picture like basically bridges that go across it on every side. You know what I mean? With little railings so that someone's (laughs) checking in on it. Maybe they're stirring it. Maybe they're checking temperature. I don't know. And either that broke or there's some, somebody pushed someone in and the other person's like, well, I'm taking you down with me, bastard. You don't think that there's a possibility, (laughs) like you're thinking like squid game type shit? Okay, all right. That's an interesting theory. I have to think that in a chocolate factory, it's probably a little slippery in spots. Maybe they just slipped and fell into the vat. I also find it hard to believe that there's not a lid on a vat of chocolate that's going to millions of homes. They're M&Ms for God's sake. So I don't know how this happened, but two people ended up in it. Apparently, they could have drowned in the chocolate. That's a weird way to go. I don't even know what the funeral would be like for that. Well... They fell in a vat of chocolate. Fortunately, it didn't come to that. But I mean, shit, how do you end up in there? (laughs) There's uh, in my head, I I picture every single candy factory looking exactly like something out of Willy Wonka. (laughs) Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I think it's all like that. It's probably all like that. So somebody falling into a vat is just normal business for the Wonkas. They just go, eh, it happens. Um, Another one. Adds a little bit of, <laughs> yeah, it adds, adds a little bit of protein. And you're like, ah, that's why people love M&Ms because it's got arm M&Ms in them. And it's, I don't know. How does it stay open is a great question. Does it need to air out? There's many things that we need to know about you this. You know what the thing is, though? Like, I never want to know. I never want to take a walk through any of those factories. If you're delicious, like uh, we got a cookie factory here in town. There's a few Dare Foods factories, but one of them's in Kitchener. It smells delightful outside. I don't want to ever look inside there because I think it's going to ruin it. For me, 
In my mind, it's a beautiful place of sunshine, lollipops, literally rainbows, a chocolate river going through, the bear paw bears actually going by. Hello, welcome, guys. <laughs> like, in my mind, the a big M&M, the M&Ms are walking around like, hey, it's the M&Ms from the commercial. And they're just there chilling and people are just in great moods. And there's like a play area with kittens and puppies on one side. And it's just like chocolate and fun times. I don't want to know what actually happened, actually. I'd be happy to know n- never what happened. Do you figure there's like a like a noontime song and dance routine oh, and all yes. sorts of shit? Oh, I bet you they have like karaoke just for fun. They've got happy hour there for sure. Is there a parade? Yes, a parade. <laughs> what's yes. the song that they're singing at karaoke? What's the what's the one song? Is it, it's got to be either food related or it's got to be maybe like Sweet Caroline. Sweet I don't know, Caroline. Like, oh, what are they singing? Oh, Could you imagine working there? Every day at noon, the bell goes off and touching you, touching me. <laughs> You're like, oh, Jesus, this again. <laughs> oh, I love it. In California, a man named Marcos went out for a bike ride last Sunday afternoon. Things got a little wild, though, when he started getting chased by a wild animal. One guess. What animal was chasing him? Ooh. Go ahead, Kat. Wild. Okay, so you said specifically a wild animal? Wild animal starts chasing uh, Marcos here as he's out for a ride last Sunday afternoon in California. Animal came out of nowhere and started wow. chasing him while he was on his bike. Wild animal. What animal was it? Mm. I, I want to go with something that's really random because otherwise, why would we t- be talking about it? You <laughs> yeah. know? It's the, it, you mean the mountain lion wouldn't was, make the news? It was a wild squirrel. It was, was it a wild squirrel? You think squirrel? Interesting <laughs> guess. I don't know. Interesting. Ah, oh, th- that's weird. Okay. Uh, Dave, what animal? Uh, I'm going to go mountain lion. I'm going to go with the, the, the more obvious. <laughs> then a, don't then go a flying obvious. Squirrel. Go crazy. <laughs> what do you mean? Like a, like a skunk and yes. bear hybrid? Is um, that what you're looking for? A scare. <laughs> <laughs> a raccoon riddled with rabies. What was it? Yeah. <laughs> He went out for the bike ride, and he says things got really weird when a zebra started chasing him. Oh, shit. What? He said, I was like, what the hell is a zebra doing here? (laughs) The zebra started running right at me. He said, it looks like air came out of its nostrils. I started pedaling super fast, but then the zebra slipped and fell. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. That was a lucky break. He was able to get away. It's unclear what happened to the zebra, but some locals said the zebra lives at a nearby ranch, and its name is Maynard. This is not the first zebra sighting in the area. There have been numerous reports of zebras chasing people through the neighborhood. Did Maynard maybe mate, and there's like a bunch of zebras or cross zebras too, out attacking people? Um, Okay, that's an interesting theory. I think it's more likely that Maynard's a bit of an escape artist or has an owner that doesn't give a shit. And for whatever reason, he likes to go for a run every now and again and start chasing down people on a bike. But think about that. I don't ride a bike very often. If I went out for a bike ride and there was a fucking zebra, I'd be, I don't know if I'd run away or I'd just stop and say, wow, this is cool as shit. I want to see, I want to know more. You would ghost ride that bike into a ditch and be like, I'm never riding a bike ever again. <laughs> Stupid bike's broken. Yeah. Keeps attracting zebras. I, uh, As for the zebra repellent on my bike. I'd like to see more zebras. I mean, not the kind of zebra like this. It seems. I think he's doing it just for shits and giggles. Like this zebra probably knows. Like there's not a lot of me around. I'm going to just fuck with people. I'm just like going to leave today and I'm going to go fuck with someone on a bike. This will be fun. Well, what if go. it's not a zebra and it's like just a like a, a, an asshole farmer who's painted the painted a horse oh. like a zebra just to mess with the local it's actually a really sick donkey (laughs) (laughs) so if you got a zebra coming at you what is your initial instinct is it to keep pedaling as fast as you can or is it to get off the bike and think you can pivot and think you can maybe deke it out or, or get out of its way because it's not like it has horns or anything like that but it would still probably hurt you if it came in for a headbutt yeah i don't even know do they bite are they, they're large, so we know that. You're right. I'd be more afraid it's going to knock me over and knock me unconscious than I would of them bite, of it biting. I don't even think... Are they kickers? They're kickers. They're kickers? Yeah. Are Did they? they mule kick? Yeah. I think they do. Really? Well, they kick like a horse yeah. kicks. So, I mean, uh. that yeah, that part kind of scary. I don't want to break a rib. Like, no thanks. But I would probably attempt to be friends with it. Like, come, 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 come yeah, on, Yeah, you Zebra. would. You, you, it's not Madagascar. Come on, Zebra. I don't think you can be I think... I loved you in that movie. Is that you, Chris? Chris Rock? <laughs> 
I, you got to pull out a cowboy hat and then and just get all ranchy on it and be like, whoa, Nelly. Like, just, 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 I'm going to tame the wild beast with my soft hand on its mare. Um, <laughs> what are the odds you encounter a zebra, but you don't have your lasso at the time? Oh, it's the worst luck ever. Jeez, could have coordinated this so much better. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do about the gas prices? What are we going to do? Is there a solution here? Should we all get a fucking zebra and just start riding around everywhere? Are we going to go back to the old days with a wagon and a horse? Yeah, where's that bike from that last story? Honest to goodness, eh? I need it. Prices are going up another four cents at midnight. It'll be an all-time record tomorrow when we hit 2.15.9 tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Scott and I mentioned uh, earlier in the week, it's it's causing us, Dave, to make like changes. Maybe just small changes, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of, you know, I try to... Instead of going out a couple times a week, let's say, to do grocery shopping and this and that, I try to combine everything and make sure everything's in one area. Just little things like that. Are there things you're doing as well? Yeah, I'm just eating the grass in my backyard. I'm grazing <laughs> like a zebra. That's <laughs> the only thing I can do. He actually yeah, walks it's crazy. to Barry. <laughs> yeah, I, right? I like, used the bike. A trip to Barry, I though. I like, three zebras on the yeah, way. Yeah, that's a big one. I hope you got paid <laughs> yeah, good well, for whatever you did. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I think I... I think about this as a as the need for most people, and I'm included in this category, so I'm not talking down to anybody, but I think they need to explain what's happening as if we're five years old. Because I hear people yelling carbon tax, I hear people yelling uh, cost of crude, and I just think that there's so many people that don't understand what it all means, where this is all coming from, and if there's greed involved, if it's just... If it is incompetence, who the hell knows at this point? That's what I would like. I would like a good, clean explanation from somebody who can offer some maybe kind of resolution or solution or at least a, uh, something to look forward to because this is nuts. I can't afford it. Yeah, and so many people can't. You know, it's funny. I'll ask people like, hey, maybe we should get together next week. And they're like, yeah, let's see what the gas prices are like. And I'm thinking, really? Like it's that tight for you that you're thinking, I don't know if I really want to drive from Ancaster to Burlington. It's 20 minutes away. Is gas having that much of an impact on people? Because I kind of feel like it is now. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a lot of little things. I might not, you know, I'm not going to cancel plans if they're big plans that I, I'm i going to Niagara Falls, for example, or I'm going to go to Collingwood. Make sure you start saving. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Or I'm going to go to Collingwood. Like, those are all planned. But in my mind, I know, okay, I'm going to spend X amount on gas. But a lo- little things I do, like I consider every day, it's like, okay, I got to go here. No, you know what? I'm going to save it for one big trip and do it all in the same area one day. Like little things like that. I don't know if it's changed everything for me but dang it's getting close because those prices you guys might remember like three months ago we were talking about it's supposed to hit two dollars come summer first of all it's not even summer yet it's already like almost 220 this is ridiculous it's It's gone up it's crazy 16 cents this month yeah and it's the 10th of june (laughs) what the hell is that like that's not right it's not right how busy are like the electric vehicle places right now uh, and I know I that's going to cost you know, and I know that's going to cost you money for sure. But long run, people are probably going. What's going to happen? Like I feel like it's so unpredictable. Is, are people predicting it's going to go is back that down? The answer? Not yet. Uh, is the answer uh, electric? Okay, so that's a good question. The thing is, the government has a real vested interest in getting all of us to get into electric vehicles. And I mean, I personally would love one. It'd be great to not get that gas bill. And it would also be great to have the peace of mind that I'm contributing to a greener world. And I think that's great because I do drive a lot of kilometers in a day. However, having said that, we don't have the infrastructure yet. You either charge up at home or you find an Ikea or you're stuck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not even like you can call CAA. Hey, can you guys come and give me a power boost? Doesn't work like that. So until they get the proper infrastructure in place, this is probably not going to work out. And in the same way that we're having a hard time getting new vehicles right now because of the chip shortage and blah, 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 all the blame they put out there. It's also getting very difficult to get an electric vehicle because everybody's looking at them at the same time. I don't want to have to say, you know what? I've decided I'm going to spend the money and buy a Tesla and it'll be ready in 2026. You know, like, yeah. do I have to jump on the waiting list yeah. now to get the car in three years or how quickly can we make these? I know we're going to start making electric vehicles in Ontario. That's great. But mm-hmm. we haven't even built the factory that's going to build the electric vehicles yet. So it seems like in the short term, you're kind of screwed unless you already have an electric vehicle or you've got an inside line on how you can get one. Because these prices are just, 
It's not sustainable. Even if you drive a really fuel-efficient car, my car is a Honda Civic. That used to be $40 to fill it, (laughs) and it got like 600 kilometers per tank. Now, it's costing like 70, 75 bucks to fill a Honda, and it's not going as far as it used to. Tell me if you've noticed this. Does it seem like your gas isn't going as far as it used to? Almost like we're getting cheaper quality gas <laughs> or something it, like that? They watered it down. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of feels that way. Like, I'm watching the tank, and you can actually see the needle moving sometimes. And I'm thinking, that never used to happen. But I don't know if it's just in my head, because I'm so self-conscious about how much gas I'm burning, or if there is actually a difference. I don't know. You should check with Paul at Superior Auto to make sure you don't have a hole in the tank. Yeah, I know. I've thought about that, too. Like, that can't be right. There must be a hole or something. But There's while- a guy strapped to the bottom of your car. He's just he's taking it out as you're driving, so you don't know. Maybe notice. that's the answer. Let's just strap ourselves to other people's vehicles to get around. How long till we get to that? Remember back in the day when gas was crazy expensive? Well, back in the day, crazy expensive was a dollar a liter. But there was people going to, like, parking lots at the mall and siphoning gas out of other people's yeah. cars into theirs. Do you think it's going to come to that? It could. Oh, boy. It could. That's I hope that's not. A, yeah, that's a really desperate, desperate situation, isn't it? Do Sad. You, did you remember at the gas stations when it uh, first switched over to a dollar, and there was this big conversation where it's like, well, yeah, I don't know if we have that extra number to be able to put it up there because it's never been a dollar <laughs> yes, before. I do. It was like a it was like mm. a whole Y two K controversy because they're like, oh, everything's going to blow up if we switch that up to a one. It's over. And then now they're like two. What's next? Three. Let's check and make sure that we can get it up to 10. There was a really great story in the news yesterday. It was about a guy in the States. He owns a gas station. And even he thinks this is outrageous. These prices are crazy. Americans by next week will national average be at $5 a gallon. Still a lot less than we're paying here, but that's very expensive for there. So what this guy decided to do was protest. He sold his gas until the tanks underground were empty. Then he closed. And customers who came in, he said, I'm not going to be part of this. I'm not going to be selling gas at $5 a gallon and ripping people off like that. So I'm closing my doors until the gas prices come back down. (laughs) That's a principled stance. An expensive principled stance. But nonetheless, it's a principled stance. Good for him. I wonder if all the gas stations did that. I mean, all the ones that aren't owned by the big oil companies. Which many are, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't yeah. think we could get a strong enough coalition together. But while we're talking money, here's your option. 10% pay increase. We're going to negotiate our contract with Dave right here. 10% pay increase <laughs> or an extra week of vacation. If, if the boss came to you and said, these are your two choices, pick one, what are you taking? Um, I think I, I think I would. I do think time is valuable, so I do find value in it, and it's not that I don't. But I think the, the state of the world that we're in right now, I take the money over the vacation. Dave. Um. Yeah, I think so too. Sadly, I think the idea of any extra money at this point is good, and you can always find ways to slack off while you're on the clock. So. <laughs> sure. You heard it here. Take note of that. Start a podcast. It's a great way to waste time at work. That's right. 66% of workers said they'd prefer the pay increase over an additional set of time off. And what's really weird about that, or not weird, but maybe it's just a sign of the way things are going. During the pandemic, we had a lot of real conversations about mental health and self-care and taking time for yourself and prioritizing what's important, your family, your home life, finding that right balance. And back at that time, I feel like if you'd offered someone 10% pay increase or an extra week off paid, more people would have taken the time off. But now, because of the current state Mm -hmm. of the economy, everybody's taking the money. And on top of that, 49% of employed adults are confident their wages cannot keep up with inflation. 80% say they expect an annual pay increase from their company. And 46% are looking for a raise of at least 5% right now. And they intend to go to their boss and say, you got to bump my pay now because of inflation and because of gas prices and everything else. If you want me to stay, I'm holding you hostage. Pay. I'll stay if you pay. And those kind of confrontations are going to start happening, I think. Hmm. Would you? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was waiting for your reaction on that. <laughs> 53% of employed adults 
say they have another job or a side hustle just to make make ends meet. 53% more than half. I feel like that's even higher now. Probably. Like, I feel like that seems low to me. Yeah, I'd like to take this opportunity now to promote my OnlyFans, uh, which have recently opened up. <laughs> Lots of inner thigh pictures, everybody. Ooh, oh, inner, inner ones. thigh. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Good. How high it's do you the best go? Angle. It's the best angle I have, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> How high up do you go? Oh, we're going way up. We're going up to the clouds on this one. <laughs> but you got to pay for that. <laughs> From knee to scrote. See it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Need a scrote. Hang out with the goat. Oh, see, we got you a tagline and everything. This is great. Oh, now I got to give you a cut, don't I? (laughs) You bet your ass you do. The way copyright law works, I believe that was strongly implied. You bet your inner thighs you got to cut us in. (laughs) (laughs) What are you uh, what are you guys doing this weekend? Um, me, I'll start. I'm it's, it's going to be a nice, mainly low key weekend. I've got, uh, I'm getting my hair done. Yay. Exciting. And, uh, what, yeah, my, what, what's being done. I'm just going a little lighter. I'm getting some highlights and my, um, you know what it is mainly. It was like a rush appointment because my stylist is going on mat leave and, and the clock was ticking for that for me. Uh, and usually I would have waited a couple more months, but because she's going on leave soon, I was like, can you, can you squeeze me in? So she was sweet enough to squeeze me in before she goes on, uh, on leave. Cause I really like, how often do you have to get that done? Uh, have to, not really. I, I go like, I don't go as often as most people. I go like every, every six months. Did you say half do? Okay. Hmm? Well, I would assume that once you do it, you have to continue doing it unless you're going to let it completely grow no, out. No, no. I never find the need to have to. No, it's until my ends get really like is not looking good and split and uneven. That's when I say, okay, I need something done. You said have to. I thought you said half do. And I thought, what the fuck kind oh, of haircut is that? Oh, you thought this is a new that? style? We should have ran with <laughs> oh. that. Don't you know what a half do is? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you know you know, Ava Max? She has like long hair on the one side and yeah. super short on like a bob cut on the other side. Yeah, that's, that's what Kat's going for. I could for. never get away with that. I could never. Anybody making any plans to watch some of the RBC Canadian Open? Well, there's still a PGA. Drama, drama, drama. I'm, I'm loving this drama. Me Can too. I just say, like, I was never into golf. There wasn't a lot of golf drama, I suppose. It's all pretty, like, vanilla, aside from the whole Tiger Woods thing, which was a big deal. But now I'm really paying attention to this. It's a strange situation. So for those who don't know, <clears throat> the PGA Tour is the same tour it's been for, like, 60 years. Bunch of people. Go out and play golf four times in one weekend. Whoever has the lowest score gets the most money. And that's great for the people who win because they make really good money for a weekend's worth of work. However, for the people who don't do very well, they don't make a whole lot of money. But there's no competition for the PGA Tour. Well, in comes the Live Golf event. It is being financed by Saudi Arabian billionaires, and apparently they want to take over the golf market, and they're smart in how they did it. First thing they did was they went to one of the top golfers in the world, Dustin Johnson, paid him a ridiculous Mm -hmm. amount of money to play on their tour. And there were some golfers, we talked about Phil Mickelson the other day. Phil Mickelson was hoping to have the best of both worlds. He was going to play in some live events, but he would play in the PGA majors. And I would have thought the PGA would have at least appreciated that. Well, it sucks that we're not going to have Phil for the the Farmers Open, but we will have him for the U.S. Open and and the the Masters and stuff like that. They changed their mind. They have literally drawn a line in the sand by saying, if you go and play for the Live Tour, you're out of the PGA. You lose Ooh. your membership. Okay, help me out with this because I I don't know I don't know anything about Live. I know a little bit about the PGA. Who's this? Is this a new investment that has come in? Is this an investor? Is this a group of investors? Yes. Is there a shitty relationship between Live and PGA to begin with, or what's going on? Because I feel like this is such a salty. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. And money talks. Money talks. But this is a new investor. Is it's, that what it is? <clears throat> they're an investment firm out of Saudi Arabia, and I forget who it is. One of the old golfers that I didn't really like uh, is, is basically spearheading it for him, and he's got uh. all the contacts, and he's phoning all these golfers. Apparently, yep. they offered Tiger Woods like close to a billion dollars or yeah. something like that to Whoa. go, and Tiger said no. 
Tiger also doesn't need the money. I know you always need money, but Tiger is a guy who doesn't need the money. He also still doesn't seem confident right now in himself. No, I don't player. think he is. Yeah. Dustin Johnson. I don't care. Are you kidding me? Oh, I me? wouldn't care I, either. Don't get I, me wrong. I could I will go. I'll go. I'm I'm not a good golfer. I will go and I will take that billion dollars. There's never a time I could imagine in my life or in anybody else's life where they say, you know, I don't need this billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Well, I mean, golf is only one of the ways that Tiger, for example, makes money because he designs golf courses for people that have property and want to put a golf course on it. He does endorsements and so on and so forth. Not to mention his kid is probably going to make just as much money as Tiger did. So it's not like he has to worry about a nest egg or anything like that. He's got a lot of assets. If you're Dustin Johnson... I imagine it's quite expensive to finance Paulina Gretzky shopping. That's probably not cheap. <laughs> so this guy took a big payday to make the switch. And once he did, now a lot of golfers are. Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia is going over, and a lot more. But now that the PGA has thrown it out there that if you play for live, you can't play for us, I wonder what people are going to choose. Because as I understand it, the PGA, is as good as it is, isn't nearly as competitive as Liv when it comes to prize money. Liv may even have a whole other model where you get paid regardless of how you place. I don't know how they're going to do it, but golf's one of those sports where if you want to earn money, you got to play well. I find it interesting because this is the kind of the first competition in a way to PGA, yeah. isn't it? Nobody's like, ever dared to challenge the PGA. And isn't this, it's, it's interesting. It's evolutionary. We're witnessing it as we go. And maybe it's a good move for all these golfers to do. Again, money talks. So I suppose in their mind, yeah, it's more money. So it's a, it's a good move. But I'm so curious as to what's going to happen in you know two years, five years, 10 years down the road. Is this going to be it? So are they going to be doing t- tours in America too, though? As far as I know, there will be events. In, um, in potentially Canada? Mm, that's a good question. We've got, I mean, PGA caliber courses here, but I don't know if Liv is going to do that. I, If I were them, I might want to stay out of America, but I would probably come to Canada. They're also not afraid to play Trump international courses, whereas the PGA does their best to avoid those because they're sick of the flack that they get every time they use a Donald Trump property, even though he's got some incredible golf courses. There's also some people There's- who are, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to – maybe you're going this way too. I was just going to say that um, there's also a bit of a concern with the moral dilemma that comes along with working with people from Saudi. That's what uh, I was going to say. Saudi money. Yeah, 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 yeah right. that's why I thought you might be going there. Yeah, so I don't know. For the golfers, it's like, yeah, that's a great payday, but uh, I don't know if I want to risk it. Yeah. If if I want to risk the reputation. There's some human rights allegations against the Saudi government. There is, uh, of course – the journalist who was killed and dismembered. Uh, oh, there, there's yeah. a, a long line of things. Mm-hmm. And some people, I think just as they were scrambling, have said to these golfers, like, how dare you support uh, that regime that would do that to, to Jamal and that won't let women drive or whatever the issues are. And I don't blame them for still going ahead with it. Our own government sells weapons to the Saudi government. I don't understand why it would be a big deal for a private citizen who happens to be good at golf to play for a private company that's running a golf tournament but happens to be based out of Saudi Arabia. I don't blame these guys for taking the money. If you're getting $100 million to sign a contract, you're pretty well set for life. You've got something good to pass on to the people that come after you. Why wouldn't you take that security? I I don't understand that. It's... uh, I don't blame these guys for going. Yeah. And and when the PGA Tour ran it like they had a monopoly, they can't exactly be surprised when somebody else came around and offered a better product. And I think, I don't know if it's going to be better, by the way, but they're certainly paying out better money. And I don't blame these golfers that are going. Uh, I wish they wouldn't because I still like PGA stuff. I love watching the Masters and the U.S. Open and the Open. Even the RBC Canadian Open. I feel bad for them because they were the first tournament after all this shit started breaking. They had Dustin Johnson lined up to play. Nope, I'm out. RBC sponsored Dustin Johnson. Nope, sorry, see you later. And all these other golfers that started bowing out because of this. And it was, go figure, the Canadian tournament that got impacted. But we'll see the biggest impact, I think, at the U.S. Open is the next major after this one. Be curious to see which golfers show up and which golfers don't show up. Either way, the ones that do play on the PGA Tour, I have a feeling, are about to start getting treated a lot better. Rory McIlroy and Tiger in particular. With the PGA, uh, they're not under contract to to 
participate in any PGA events, I suppose, right? Like it's not like they they have deals where they say, well, I have to, I'll be for three years, I'll perform in all the majors and whatever you know X number of uh, smaller tournaments here and there. I guess there's nothing like that. It's debatable because some people think that there is agreements. For example, Tiger mm-hmm. Woods gets paid an appearance fee just to play in a tournament. Even if he doesn't make the Mm -hmm. cut, that guy's going to make more money than the bottom half of the entire tournament field. But not every golfer is good enough to command that. Mike Weir still can play the Masters because he's a past Masters champion. Can he go to the PGA and say, yeah, you got to pay me if you want me to show up? They're going to tell him to get the fuck out of here because he's not a very good golfer anymore. He was good when he won, but he's not as good as he used to be. So... I, I don't think that every golfer is getting the same experience that Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods were. So I'm not surprised that there's people jumping. And soon they'll probably be able to negotiate like, hey, here's me. I'm a pretty good golfer and I've won some tournaments in the past. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay me, I'm going to go to the Saudi company. What do you think of that? Jeez. And I'm curious to see if the PGA is going to bow down and do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. It's about to get real competitive and I love it. Oh, uh, while we're talking sports, which we don't usually, but yeah, why not? It's Friday. LeBron James mm-hmm. could be an NBA player and owner at the same time. And I don't think that's ever happened in pro sports before, has it? Well, he's an active player. That's what I find interesting about this is I don't think we've ever heard of anyone talking like this. That's an active player in the not only active, but the arguably the best or one of the best players in the league still after all these years. And we know he's got all of his businesses and everything else. Uh, his Spring Hill production. So he's here and there and everywhere. But obviously he has a love of the game. And it wasn't until this week, actually the interview is going to air tonight um, on a sports network. But he sat down with them and said, that's what he's eyeing is his own team and specifically in Vegas. And they've been talking about potentially getting a team in, was it Vegas and Seattle, right? But the the commissioner's not going to say whether or not that's true. But that's the rumor, and he wants one in Vegas. If he's behind that, I mean, I feel like it's a there's a potential for it to actually happen. No? Um, I feel like the commissioner is smart. If he mentioned, well, if the talk is about Seattle, but now LeBron wants to throw Vegas into the mix, I have a feeling they're really just negotiating the franchise fee. And it makes sense to put it in Seattle. They've got a hockey team now. It's likely the same ownership group. They've got a good arena with a good deal. Sure, they could put a team in Seattle. But Vegas is Vegas. And Vegas attracts people from around the world in every market. You could almost make a case that it would be better to go and see a Raptors game when they're in Vegas than a Raptors game when they're here. Could you not? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. well, this, this has happened in the past. So Michael Jordan had a partial ownership with the Wizards when he played. Oh, um, okay. but it's so it's a little bit weird. So the NBA rule, I just looked this up. It says that a player cannot hold any direct or indirect interest in the ownership of an NBA team. And while that would appear to put the kibosh in a scenario like this, there is a clause which allows players to own directly or indirectly stock in publicly traded companies that also have some level of ownership in NBA teams. So, for example, an active player can't buy into an ownership group, but they could say buy stock in the Madison Square Garden Company, which owns the Knicks. So let's say Michael Jordan or let's say LeBron will use the Knicks example. So he could he could buy into the Madison Square Garden Company or take the Canadian version he could buy into MLSE and play for the Raptors. So he wouldn't own the Raptors per se, but he's part of an ownership group that owns the Raptors. So that's the that's the little way around it. But the, to answer the question, they're not allowed to directly own the team. Okay, but they can own the company that owns the team. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> he's a, right. and he's, okay, and he's a business. You know guy. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll figure it out yeah. one way or the other. I mean, and he's also pretty close to being done actively as a player anyway. I think he's just waiting on one of his sons joining. That's all he's waiting on. Yeah, he wants to play one year with with his son, yeah. and and then that would be probably the last of it for him. And the guy's got so much power that it'll probably happen. It'll probably happen where he will play with his son, which would be the first. Ever right? Has there ever or has there been? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. I feel like you know this. Has there ever been a father son? I know there's been brothers. There's well, there's been players that have played for the same team. I don't know if they've played at the same time. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, but um, I think he's just waiting on that, and then he probably will be done. He's got a lot of other his hands in like a million other pots. No. Um. I mean, I love my son. I wouldn't want to play on a team with him. 
I just wouldn't want to. That's too much time together. You're traveling together. You're <laughs> eating together. You're. Time. What if he ends up being your fucking roommate for road games and shit like that? Yeah, that's no. what LeBron said that that's his goal. That, I, is, that he's probably won't retire unless he gets injured and he's kind of forced out. He's not planning to retire until that happens. Careful what you wish for, dude. I don't think that would be nearly as fun as you think it's going to be. There's just too many moving parts to a pro sports team that I don't think you're actually going to like doing that. And I don't know if it's actually going to make your relationship any better either. It might make it worse. Well, I feel like his son won't love it in the either. Like, I, I feel like they will. And they'll probably do well if it happens in like a few years. I'm not sure when he's able to get drafted. I don't know. Uh, I think his son's close. If I'm not mistaken, it's a couple years out. But yeah, I could imagine, like, especially the son in that scenario, like, my dad keeps telling me what to do, keeps telling me where to stand, like, F off, dad. But if that's his last year, right, you, you come at it in a different light. You know that you're not going to be spending your entire career with your dad. Your dad's going to retire and move along. So I don't think so, it would be that bad for a year. Or what if the kid's but, not as good as his dad? Then his yeah, dad's going to be constantly apologizing for, yeah, yeah sorry, he, he'll, he'll get better, don't worry. <laughs> Oh, well, there's that pressure of having one of the, if not, it's arguable, but one of the greatest of all time to play in the NBA. And that's your dad. What's the level of expectancy? What's the pressure that comes along with it? It hasn't happened yet that an NBA player has played with uh, with their son. So mm-hmm. there hasn't been an active father, do- uh, father, son duo in the NBA. Um, it's I, God, I don't know. Like you look at the hockey example. You have Gordy Howe. He played with Mark Howe his son and Mark mm-hmm. Howe is uh, not Gordy Howe. Yeah. So yeah. I, wonder how, I wonder how Mark felt about that the whole time where he's like, yeah, I'm playing with my dad. He's 60 and he drinks a glass of scotch at the end of the bench after a shift. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gassed after a minute 30. <laughs> like, Oh my God. But Gordy Howe is a different breed altogether. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, is there anyone we have to apologize to here before we wrap it up, Dave? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Bring it. We we have to apologize to people at airports who have to deal with delays, people who have missed flights. We should also apologize to the cleaning staff at the hotel that I'm staying at because my dogs barked at them when they came to the door. We can also apologize to Joe Biden, uh, all dickheads in the world who are now associated with Jason Alexander forever. I know you didn't claim him, but he is part of your clan now. Uh, We also apologize to people who have fallen into vats of chocolate. We apologize to zebras and anyone who's ever been chased by one. We need to apologize to people who need to get gas tomorrow because it's going to hurt. We also should apologize to people who will be disappointed with my inner thigh pics on OnlyFans. (laughs) Just not that special. If you don't like Uh, it, don't subscribe, okay? Uh, well, go ahead and tip me with a little advice on how I can make them better. Uh, we should also apologize to professional golfers who just have to turn down a billion-dollar offer. It's 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 heartbreaking. Uh, and finally, we should apologize to Mike Tyson, not for any reason in particular, but just because it's a solid idea. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend, everybody. We will be back Monday with another episode of After 9. Have a good weekend. Uber released their annual lost and found index, which reveals the items reported lost by passengers. Glasses, phones, keys were some of the more common ones. But get this, five people left behind their dentures. (laughs) Apparently some people like to go for a ride because they love the feel of the wind in their gums. The cosmetics company Nails Inc. recently launched a line of cheese-scented nail polishes. Or, if that's too expensive, just eat one handful of Cheetos. Have you guys seen this? There's a new trend on TikTok where people are making healthy Coke by mixing flavored sparkling water with balsamic vinegar. Yeah, it really shows you the lengths Coke drinkers will go to avoid Pepsi. Don't you think? A group of pro-choice topless protesters with green paint on their chests stormed the court of a WNBA game in Brooklyn this week. But the NYPD announced that no charges were filed. Apparently, they couldn't make an arrest because nobody saw their faces. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.